grace and mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for today is from Romans chapter 7. Paul says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. This is the text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the soldiers, sailors, and aviators on the base in Latvia Camp Adazi thought I was a different kind of chaplain. Now, before you say in your own minds, oh, Pastor Sai, we know you are different. They thought I was different, not because of strangeness or difference in personality, but because I did not tell any one of them, not one single one of them, that they were good people. I made no pretensions in front of them either that I was a good person. I was vocal in the fact that I was no better than any of them. At the beginning of the tour, they assumed that I was a morally superior person to them, and by the end of the tour, they knew better. Not that I made a practice of being more coarse in language or joking than any of them, but I was no less. But it came to a head one day in Bible study. I was teaching on Galatians when one of the soldiers said to me in the study, I have sinned, Padre, but I am a good man. I am a man of reason, and I am able to do what the law demands of me. I said simply to him, you are not a good man. You do not do what the law demands of you. If your reason leads you to choose, then choose to do the right. Choose to follow the law. Choose to do what is good. Choose to not sin. I said, the first article of the Apostles' Creed says this, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And what does this mean? That God has made me and all creatures. He has given me body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason and all my senses, my reason and all my senses, and still takes care of them. And as I quoted this to him, he said, Aha! God gave me reason. Yes, I said, and where has your reason led you? To believe that you are good. Your reason is uninformed, a slave to your flesh, bonded to your sin. The law is good. It is you that is not. I told him that in the face of the law, we are rubbish, refuse, filthy rags, an unclean thing in the face of a holy God. I pulled out that old alliteration that I used with you. You are a damnable, despicable, deplorable, depraved, debauched sinner. And I realized that the chapel, that Bible study, had fallen silent as all the soldiers in attendance were looking at me wide-eyed, wondering if they fell into that same category. I assured them they did, and that I did as well. One young captain said to me, Do you say this in church? (laughs) Every Sunday, I said. One young corporal said, And the people still come? It is the reason they come, I said. The people of Riverbend Lutheran Church do not come to church because they are good, but because they are not. But they are Christians, one corporal asked. Yes, I said, with the same struggle that Paul records in Romans chapter 7. In today's lesson, Paul is talking about his battle with the flesh, his sin, the law, the war of his sin and flesh versus God's good and holy law. Today's lesson, Paul is not talking about how he was before he became a Christian, but afterward. 
He is aware that the law is spiritual and that he is not, that the law is good and that he is not. And in the face of God's perfect law, he can accomplish nothing good. In fact, he states that the things he wants to do, that is to keep God's law, he does not do. And the sin he does not want to do, this he keeps on doing. This truth that Paul talks about here flies in the face of the world that says moral perfection can be accomplished. Progression towards getting better or being good is simply a practice of exercising one's will, applying one's reason, choosing the right path. But the problem is, is that the world no longer recognizes an objective moral truth, let alone God's objective moral law. The world has twisted words so that by newly defining terms, one might accomplish being good. The world uses words like racist, bigot, prejudiced, intolerant. And the people of this world claim of how they treat others and how they think of others that they have cleared these hurdles. But we as Christians are left behind. We are left behind no thanks to our God-regenerated reason, which in the face of God's law says, I am not only those things I said before, but I am worse. I am a sinner. The world wants to minimize the corruption of man's sin and the law of God maximizes it. It focuses it. It hammers it home that we deserve, as we said this morning, God's temporal and eternal punishment. The war within our members, between our sinful flesh and God's law, we lose daily. We fall into the trap of thinking, I am tolerant. But the only tolerant we want is that God would tolerate our sin. We trick ourselves into thinking, I am not prejudiced or discriminatory, except we do not love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, or strength, or our neighbors as ourselves as we should. And why do we not carry that out? Because we love ourselves first. Paul, in describing the war between God's law and his flesh, does not say, the good I want to do, I sometimes do. The desire I have to do what is good, sometimes I nail it. He says unequivocally, what I hate, I do. The evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing. Those soldiers in that Bible study perhaps could hear the exasperation in my voice, not because I needed so badly to explain how sinful they were, how they were slaves to sin, but because I am just like them, worse than them, the chief of sinners trying to explain sin to sinful men. The exasperation is palpable in Paul's prose. An unspiritual man sold as a slave to sin, a prisoner of the law at work within his members. Perhaps in that moment, those soldiers realized that the padre who looked like he was at the end of his tether was telling them so because we are tethered to sin in our flesh. But as exasperated as I was with myself, my sin... I quoted Paul for relief. What a wretched man that I am. Who can save me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. I pointed them to the crucifix that was hanging on the chapel behind me. 
It is where I point you. Because the cross is the place where the Holy Spirit points you to Jesus, the crucified one, the one who took on sin, your sin, in his body on the cross to pay for your sin, all of your sin, sins of thoughts and words and deeds, what you have done and what you have left undone, the original sin you were born with and the unoriginal sin that you commit every day, day after day. Over and over in your life, Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself a slave, a servant of all to set you free from sin. Jesus says in today's gospel lesson, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Christ moves us from slaves of sin to bondservants of him who spent his blood for us, spent his life for us, died for us, paid for sin for us. Come to me, Jesus says. Come away from your sin. Come away from yourself. Come to me, and I will give you rest. I have taken your burden, your sin, your yoke, your slave collar, and I have given you mine. And Christ's yoke is one of freedom, trading a crown of thorns for a crown of royalty, a rod on the back for a kingly scepter, his stripes for your salvation, for him a cross, for you a kingdom. Christ's yoke rests you. As God says through his prophet Zechariah, as for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Indeed, Jesus has freed you from the waterless pit and plunged you into forgiveness, life, and salvation in the water-filled font of your baptism. Christ has saved you from the wretchedness of your sinful self and given you forgiveness of sins unto life everlasting. I walked back to the barracks that night after the Bible study with one of the young captains, and he was quiet. I pushed too hard, I thought. I could have said it better. I could have said it more gently, more winsomely. I turned to the captain and I said, I'm sorry, I could have said that better. No, he said, that is what the word says. It is truth and it's what needs to be said. Dear friends, the world may twist words, but the word became flesh and dwelt among us and will remain with us, calling us to himself for the salvation of our souls and he will come again soon to draw us home to be with himself. In Christ, your sins are forgiven. And in Christ, salvation is yours. Those words, truth, amen. And now let us pray. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in and through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. 
better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.